0: wellness warriors welcome back this is what makes me well i am your host asada jones and every week i sit down with a special guest and we discuss all the different aspects of their life that make them well this week i get to sit down once again with Glorianne ann gaston friend of the pod and previous episode guest from season one glorianne is a licensed clinical social worker and is now a novice figure bodybuilder getting ready for her first competition this year oh my god you guys i had such a great time catching up with glorianne i mean i always do she is such a brilliant person I mean, get your pen and paper ready because she is dropping some gems like you will hear me in the background scribbling with my pen and paper taking notes because this is some real Good stuff that she is dropping. And what I love about Glorianne is that not only does she talk the talk, she walks the walk. The proof is in her lifestyle. I mean, you will actively hear her meal prepping as we are talking because she has a rigid sense of a schedule and boundaries, and it's wonderful. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I hope you walk away with all of the gem drops like I did. Talk to you soon. Bye. This is your weekly ohm from Daily Ohm by Madison Taylor. Mystery of Transformation When a caterpillar begins life in an egg, it looks nothing like what will hatch, and the butterfly seems a far cry from the larva that precedes it. Do caterpillars recognize butterflies as their future selves? Do butterflies identify caterpillars as past relations? The most mysterious phase of this shape-shifting creature's process is that of the chrysalis, the jade-green cocoon in which the crawling, leaf-eating caterpillar transforms into a floating, nectar-drinking butterfly. In our human lives, we sometimes find ourselves in the chrysalis stage. There's times when we do not have a lot to offer the outside world. It is because, whether we realize it or not, much of our energy is consumed with an inner transition. We might feel sluggish or uninterested in what surrounds us. We might feel impatient with ourselves, wondering why we don't have the energy we used to for our usual routines. But if we remember the chrysalis, the dark inner sanctum that provides the environment for remarkable conversion, we can relax and let ourselves be, finding ways to support our process rather than coaxing ourselves away from it. If you see a butterfly emerging from its chrysalis, the temptation may be to help it break out. The physical challenge of this part of the process is necessary, though, for the butterfly to build its strength so that it can survive outside. The same is true for us. Sometimes we have to labor on our own to discover the force we need to be our new selves in the world. Similarly, when seeing friends or family members struggling, it is easy to become impatient and want to help with their emergence, but we have to learn to let others make their own way. Taking on the challenge of liberating ourselves enables us to thrive in our new freedom. Sometimes the greatest support we can offer ourselves and others is patience and the quiet confidence in the process unfolding, along with faith that the result will be extraordinary. Allow the unfolding, wellness warriors. Let's get back to the show. (laughs) Glorianne. thank you for being here hello (laughs) thanks for um coming back on the show and thanks for sharing once again opening up yourself once again to um the listeners and to the wellness warriors that have admired you since the first time you were on the show which was over two years ago i can't believe time has like flown by like truly flown by (laughs)
1: yeah right <laughs> right Hearing you say that is just wild, and uh, you had also uh, claimed me to be a powerlifter at that time. I remember being really flattered and being like, no, That's and now right? I'm like, I'm a bodybuilder now, though. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of addicted. I'm going to give you a little credit there, just
0: because. <laughs> Thank you. I, You know, I set it. I set the intention. I put it out there into what? the universe, so I'm going to go ahead and receive some of the credit for it, even though I really had nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, So how have you been how how has life been treating you what has been making you well my friend
1: oh man um i have been doing really really well actually um and i take i claim i give some of that credit to focusing on certain things really dialing in on myself um in every domain um and i'll start with one major change in my life that kind of um weaves all of this together, all the questions, you know, and the, the nature of what your prompt was. Um, so in the last couple of years, um, I had kind of a crisis with my job where I was like really, really dissatisfied with my role, even though it was a role with more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And even though like the type of work, uh, helping people like in medical social work was something that I loved. It was yeah. just like being in administration, dealing with that beast and the logistics of all that. It's just, I hated it. And I was really, really miserable and uh, pretty depressed actually like legit and i was not able to balance my nutrition my sleep my stress level anything with the level of demands on that job so um you know when you are feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders right it's always important to remember that something has to give
0: it really does
1: and and that just that expression set me free Um, it's an expression I may have even cited uh, the previous podcast because someone um, that I worked with had said it before it just kind of came back, bubbled to the surface something has to give, this is not sustainable Mm. and so what I did was I started looking for other work and then I ran into somebody in the parking garage who was like uh, in the higher administration and then they just asked me, are you licensed? And I was like yes, I am a licensed clinical social worker now, I I do have my license (laughs) (laughs) which Wow. Okay. And so she had advised me that they needed a palliative care social worker um, to fill in for someone who was uh, being deployed in the National Guard. And for those of you who don't know, yes. palliative medicine, do, do, are you familiar? I'll still tell, you know, for the audience' sake, but um, are you familiar with palliative care or palliative medicine?
0: Not at all. So, like, explain to me, oh, explain actually. to the listeners what that is.
1: OMG, okay. So palliative uh, is often associated with hospice because it has to do with um, symptom management, typically with life-limiting, life-threatening illnesses. So if you think of like um, like a, a chart where you're going from like 1 to 10, um, hospice covers the last six months, if you will. Okay. But palliative medicine can cover the entire span of it we basically, the doctors in the palliative care team and the nurse practitioners manage pain, like cancer pain. They, we actually do prescribe opioids and are licensed to do so and wow. a whole bunch of other combination of, of medications to help with severe uh, symptoms that are complex because of the nature of the disease that's causing them, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, bone pain, like, all kinds of stuff, but only if it's in a life-limiting illness. So, different kinds of cancer, leukemia, um... Know, all kinds of stuff, but with that comes to social worker because if you're dealing with um, a life-threatening illness or a chronic illness that will ultimately become end stage at some point and take your life, um, it's a very distressing thing. Um, and obviously, being in a hospital for something that can't be cured is also very distressing. Right. There's just frequent hospitalizations and never feeling relief, and then family dynamics and all that other stuff. Um, so that's what palliative medicine is. It's um, like an extra layer of support, a specialty in medicine that focuses on pain and symptom management um, and end-of-life type of care without wow. it being hospice, quite hospice. So um, as someone who's like a philosophy nut and <laughs> kind of you know, an sexualist who loves people and loves to help people in crises and has a lot of compassion for sick people, I was like, I can't even believe this is happening. Like, this is being extended to me. So I jumped on that, and I've been doing that ever since, and it is my calling, and I'm so happy. If you, like, with that, it kind of leads into your question of what makes me well, because the work doesn't necessarily make me well, because it actually, I need to recover every day from the work. Right. You know? Um, But that goes hand in hand. You know, like, I have some of the most, Beautiful encounters with people, and then even if they're really messy, stressful situations, I feel closer to my team because we all are basically trauma bonding.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. You all have to heal together from it.
1: Yeah. And um, we since I started with them, because I'm kind of uh, eclectic, I think in a way that either you can relate, you know, you take from whatever works, right? Yep. Um, I have started implementing what we well me and the chaplain started implementing bereavement rounds with us uh, the provider like the doctor the nurse practitioner on our team so like every other week we sit and we do like um, guided meditation we will have you know essential oils we will share a little bit about patients that have touched us or a particular case that was difficult or Mm -hmm. whatever it is and we just get to process together some of the weight of some of the cases and then I got my singing bowls, you know. We I kind love of strike that. them in in honor of people that have passed, and that's been super therapeutic too. So
0: that's beautiful. It, you're you're using the 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 inherent trauma from doing the work, right? Because um, sometimes when you when you do such deep work and serious work, obviously it's going to be a little bit. Um, um, traumatic but the fact that you have to continue to do the work you have to heal it's like it's it's it forces you to to do that self-care to do the work I love that I I really I think that is so um it's a beautiful necessity of your job
1: <laughs> yes and because it's um, a passion or something that I feel very motivated to do this kind of work. It just kind of has ignited my wellness journey because I want to be my best self for these people who are at their lowest or are on a trajectory, right? A a, a negative trajectory, meaning, um, you know, they're going to pass. Right. So for me to be able to be an example of like, of health, of, um, not like in a oh look at me I'm healthy kind of thing but like if I have a client who's having a lot of anxiety with like breathing treatments or what have you I can speak from experience about how to manage anxiety and the daily practice that it is and I can be like the example of like you know you don't have to be as reactive and these are the tips I have learned through experience, not just from taking a seminar, you know, like right, from yeah. experience I can relate to you as a person and say, Look, you know, that kind of circular thinking is, sounds like it's rooted in the fear that you're gonna die. But you're you can monitor look at the monitor, you see your oxygen saturations are fine. So sometimes we have to have our bodies reassure our brains. Right. You know, and like kinda just it's just so cool to be able to shed give examples and um, tips and tricks from a position of personal experience and not from a textbook. Um, also just kind of like honoring the challenges and people trying to rehab. I'm really passionate about mobility and being able to move and utilizing that because I see people who can't. Yeah. So um, it's like, it, it's just a weird synergistic thing where I can be a real person, but I can also be a real healthy person that listens and is empathic. So, oh. all, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm rambling,
0: but I think you follow. I think no, you follow. I, I, I completely – I wish you could see my face right now. I literally have my hand over my heart because I'm, like, so happy for you because it sounds like the, the, this is where you're supposed to be. Even it's, it's an even better fit because, like you said, you get to be an example, like, not just – this is what I know is good because uh, not only a textbook is telling me this and reinforcing this, but also because, you know, doctors and all, and science and all that stuff says it's good. But now you can say that, and I've lived this life, and I can back yeah. it up. So that's, that's really fantastic. I, I love that. And I can, I can understand that because that is how I feel with. Being a, like with yoga therapy, I can say wow. I understand how you feel in life, and I understand how you feel. This translates to your practice, and let's work through this together. And it's it it's beautiful. Um. So I wanna I wanna keep going with that example of health. How have your clients or the people around you, even your coworkers, how have they um responded to your physical transformation with <laughs> You know, <laughs> bodybuilding. Okay, so oh, so please. for listeners, if you haven't already gone oh. back and listened to the first season and with Glorianne's first episode, at that time she was a power lifter. And like she mentioned before, I had called her a bodybuilder. I got my words mixed up. But cut to two and a half or a little over two years later, um, she's actually a what is what's the official term? Because I don't want to say it's Aww. figure modeling, but like girl, your figure, Aww. your body be banging.
1: What? <laughs> what?
0: You look fantastic. You've always Aww. looked fantastic
1: funny i this is you guys are you're amazing and i hear i'm gonna say you guys but i feel like i can hear other people cheering for me yes because they are <laughs> <laughs> um so i am a amateur bodybuilder at complete novice this will be my absolute first show ever <laughs> i may or may not ever do this again but um the division that i'm going to be competing in i'm i'm now registered with the NPC National Physique Committee, because in order to compete, you have to be registered with whatever, you know, organization is hosting the competition. I see. So, NPC, and the division that I will be competing in is figure, Um, and so, you could argue I'm a novice figure competitor. (laughs) Oh, that's my friend. The funny thing about it, too, everything just kind of comes together, which I want to – I'll conclude this whole, like, tangent with an affirmation for people is – so, you know, I kind of – I think between our last recording and this one, I finally got, like, on board with Instagram. I do a photogram yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and part of that initially was just for um, uncomplicated reference material like okay maybe I type in like deadlift and see different ways that people pin their shoulders back to the deadlift or whatever like I just wanted quick I don't want to keep going through YouTube videos you know Yeah. so I kind of got on board and then I was like you know what I need to like um, curate my feed for more, like, brown women, like, natural brown athletic women because Instagram allows for that. So yep. <laughs> I found that, like, the most impressive physiques, not that I was looking for phys- physiques as such, but the ones that I kept being like, oh, shit, that's damn <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> were incidentally, like, bigger competitors. These wow. But I wasn't watching their pictures of them competing, they're like, they're posed you know, uh, shots instead it was like them living their life, meal prepping or like lifting weights in the gym just cause, and I was like, damn just, wow, so when I went to this coach of mine, right now my coach, um, which is Ty Pope, Ty and Joanne Pope, um, they're both MPC judges, they're right here in um, Eatonville, so oh, okay. Eatonville. You know, it is the uh, uh, what is it the first black municipality in central florida it sure is so i went to them and funnily enough because i'm not a competitive person i'm not coordinated so i can't freaking like move in heels and, or dance for that matter shush, shush, shush.
0: you're not allowed oh, to yeah. say that out loud
1: I, I they're, gonna to they're
0: gonna take our cards they're gonna take our cards we're
1: gonna rectify that though we're gonna rectify that this year we'll learn to dance properly But um, I had approached him and I said, I don't necessarily want to compete, but I want to look like an off-season figure competitor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's
0: great. And, uh, so that is, that's, that's a great goal.
1: So he, he like started me on the thing, and then I've been training with him since August of 2019, so not quite a year yet. And uh, at some point, his, his wife, who is um, – they both coach, but he does nutrition and training, and she does the posing coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was like, you should compete. It's so much more fun when you have a goal in mind, and, you know, and then you can pick up other skills, like we'll work on posing and stuff. So um, they both looked at me, and they said – your, your figure, that's that's your body shape, that's your type, and I was like, "Holy crap, I'm gonna look like my IG, you know?" Yeah, like the, uh,
0: your fangirl accounts, you're gonna look like them,
1: right? Like, what the what the hell? So, my anecdote for everyone, or my affirmation is: if something compels you, and if you're like drawn to something, instead of just like fangirling out about it, ask yourself, "Why not me?" Like,
0: "Why not me?" Yes.
1: Why not? And like, but ask yourself that in sincerity and just consider the five biggest hurdles in your mind that are keeping you from achieving that. Because if it's like, oh, because I don't work out, well, you can fix uh, that. Yeah. Oh, that's Uh, achievable. Because I, you know, I don't know, because I'm insecure, well, you can fix that too. (laughs) You know, like literally, mind that shish out and, and, and you'll see that. The only thing really keeping you from the majority of your wildest dreams is a long-term plan. Like, here I am two years later. Hello. You know?
0: (laughs) I love that. Say that again.
1: Here I am two years (laughs) later? No, no. no. Say that
0: again. What's the the only thing keeping us from what? The
1: only thing keeping you from your wildest dreams is a long-term plan, a long-term vision.
0: That is dope. Listeners, I hope that you internalize that message because I, I I'm I'm literally taking notes and I'm writing that down because that's really good. Even somebody like myself who I feel like, you know, I'm pretty goal-oriented, sometimes we need that reminder. I love that. I love that. That's fucking great. So has do you find that everybody has been pretty supportive with this? Journey that you're on, and if so, how have you been able to draw the boundary? Because you know oh, everybody is opinionated, and I know that when, especially when women, modif- um, change their bodies and take charge of their bodies and actually love their bodies, some people feel some type of way about it. So, have oh, you had no. to? Need to live through this. It sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so have you, um, how have you been able to draw that boundary or have you not? Is, has, has there been a, uh, a journey
1: with that? Um, There's so many different boundaries that have had to be drawn, actually. So you can already predict that the first thing is everybody's like, oh, first of all, at work, I'm clothed. So I may look like I've lost weight, but they certainly can't see any, like, real definition or really the extent of how much muscle and, like, shape I have as it relates to this extreme. Mm -hmm. So... They've been overall supportive, but then you get the "oh, you don't need to lose weight," or and it's like, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to lose weight." I'm not right, right, to, right. You know, like I, not, not the objective, but of course, that's what people are used to hearing me say. I'm on a nutrition plan, or I'm training, or I'm whatever. Why do you have to work out? You look great. blah, blah, blah. it's like, well, because you should always speak to advance, or at least I want to get better, and I actually really like training, so you got to kind of switch things up because. You, makes kind of monotonous so right and you gotta anyway,
0: you so want to stay healthy too that's another thing like it's the not main, like you there's,
1: a, the maintenance. there's the a maintenance maintenance yes maintenance you know? and you know my motivation is is personal not external so when the external environment is telling me you, you don't need to do something I'm like no shit like I don't need to do anything for you or anybody else like, yeah. what? <laughs> somebody said something about like oh do a few extra pull-ups for me and I was like, oh, fuck. like <laughs> I can't <laughs> Like I literally don't care about anybody else on I'm training. Do, do an extra pull up so for hard me. To like, to
0: that is that is yeah. so audacious. I mean, it happens all the
1: time. i was like, oh my god! Wow. I think people just can't understand, or and especially because you post stuff... I post stuff online, right? And um, so there's this mixed signal, I guess, that I might be sending where it's like, oh, because you share this, you must want approval yes. or some sort of, like, positive whatever. And I'm like, I share because if I share it, I no longer have to keep it on my phone. So that's that. <laughs> um, I also um, want to give back to the um, the curation of Instagram being more, uh, you know, diverse. Yeah. So it's like, well, here's a way that now somebody, like – you know, looks up hashtag
0: Afro Latina or Afro whatever they will see this. Well, and, even if they look, like... even if they look up hashtag a, a figure powerlifting, it, that is a pretty bright with. Can we talk about the tanning thing? Does that bother you? Yeah, sure.
1: No, we can talk about that.
0: Like Go that, on. that truly.
1: Oh, you mean why they're so dark?
0: Even though the white folks, even though yes, like okay, sorry. Let me let let me finish the first tangent. Um, they can there people can look up powerlifting, and then they can see you authentically brown, authentically beautiful in with your figure, and it's like, oh hey, representation in a way that it's not um, it's it's not that weird mind fuck in which you see. White people with fake tans. So it, mm. it's a. Or, I don't, or
1: um, racially ambiguous, but they're made that way, packaged that way, and like airbrushed a certain kind
0: of way. Yes, and, yeah. Um, all that. So. Since I brought it up, because um, I can't, I can't help but be a little bit political, y'all. Sorry, um, <laughs> listeners. I hope you understand. I hope you've realized um, it's an
1: election year, and it is a hundred-year anniversary of women's suffrage. So
0: speak your mind, shall we? Well, yes, and also, I feel like you know, as a black woman, I can't talk about anything. like. There's always going to be a little bit of race sprinkled into everything. So, um, so uh, the tanning, how does? how does that make you feel how do you approach that is that something that you're just kind of like I understand why they do it because on stage the definition is better or or something um,
1: have, I'm gonna give you probably TMI I'm gonna start with number one I actually do get it because of the whole nature of the competition you're being judged specifically on muscle definition and the shape and all that and the more uniform everyone's complexion is the more objective the judges can be in a subjective sport (laughs) because I mean you really you know it's whatever the judges like see and think is best ultimately so I kind of like that that it evens the playing field Um, not just in the aesthetic but also in like the (laughs) I don't want to use the term trauma this time but like the weird experience of getting tanned girl. Somebody just told me, this is the TMI piece, that apparently because when you go to get your tan, because also, you know, if you get a spray tan, it does look different even on brown women than um, yeah. a natural tan because of the sheen and whatever other, like, freaking bronzer they put in it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So it looks, it looks different. It'll even out my complexion because I, I have, like, my different shades of brown all over so it does look different but so they do the spray tan. peep this that this chick just told me she's like brace yourself because when you go to get your tan before the show they literally make you spread your teeth and they spray everything what? and then you get to stand outside in you know, a like an enclosed area with the other naked ladies dry it out oh
0: <laughs> like, my goodness you're gonna have to dry your butt out literally dry that ass dry out dry it out
1: Whoever says that, right? Dry that ass, like
0: Holly, that? But here we are. It's, the that reminds me of the, of the juvenile song, Back That Ass Up, but it's Dry That Ass Up. <laughs> just to, you know, well, maybe I
1: should
0: play it and maybe be obnoxious during the thing when everybody's asking. You's a big fun woman <laughs> when you dry that ass <laughs> up. Dry
1: that ass up. Dry that ass up. So I am uh, not looking forward to it, but kind of looking forward to it. Wow, wow, uh, wow. For wow. the experience. Uh, so that's the TMI piece. But I just want to put that in my,
0: uh, my bucket list that I didn't have That's funny. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's. <laughs> so that's this is a fun fact. I'm gonna... So that's how I feel about it in this context. Yeah. Uh,
1: but in the context that we were kind of talking about this whole ambiguity thing and the the layers of bronzer that people wear like as their their you know everyday whatever uh, I um I have been about body modification and looking and presenting however you feel the most comfortable in your skin. So on that note I can't really hate, you know what I mean? But because I'm like, yo, if this is how you feel the most comfortable and confident in your skin, do you. I you know, whatever. But at the same time, it uh, it's all the things you can imagine. You know, it's kind of like a um, – that's unfortunate that my complexion is um, a kind of novelty thing that you can purchase and can, um, you know, apply to your body and mm-hmm. get positive attention, assuming that you fit some sort of normative standard of beauty or whatever, you know. And you have the option to remove it, like
0: right, 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 right. Another
1: my my, my collection is another commodity. Cool, whatever. Like, but not really. But okay. Right. Like I uh, I try not to get offended by much of anything because I one like insight that's kind of set me free in life. Um, Alan Watts he said something to the effect of like like every opinion that there can be and every possible iteration of everything exists. Yeah, it's all out there. So it's kind of like to pick something to get more, to respond, react more to emotionally is just kind of like, all right, well, you pick that one thing, but there's like
0: a fudge ton of other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, a, it's a boundary. It's a boundary that you have to kind of set up and remember to preserve because you can't get upset yeah. about everything. You can't get hyped up about everything. Like, literally, you will stress yourself to death if yeah. you get too upset that somebody... Somebody believes something, well, yeah, who, you know, it, if it doesn't directly affect you and isn't, you know, this woman tanning herself to death is going to be a little bit offensive to me. Um, but at the end of the day, she's not hurting me, she's not calling me the N word. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery, I guess.
1: <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> and at the end of the day, she's probably going to have some sort of skin issue or more than that actually this is another thing my ex said the brilliance of people's statements a long long time ago when I used to shave my eyebrows like a freak like a chola, and, uh, chola. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, my ex was a makeup artist and he said one morning because I would like wake up with no eyebrows and then like go run to the bathroom to put them on because I didn't like the sight of myself or the thought of someone else seeing me without them you know yeah because I was like, like the sweet like damn thing you know you gotta get that that down split <laughs> and uh <laughs> he said to me and I was like 18 at the time and he said you know if you don't get good and comfortable with how ugly you think you are you're gonna have way bigger issues
0: whoa whoa and I
1: was like like my head exploded and I loved him more for it because that's like the how I operated like that level of communication but that hits me almost every day when I see that time he was a makeup artist and I was um, kind of working at a theatrical supply where we had like stage makeup and all this other stuff yeah. and I remember the quality of the pigment of that makeup and now I feel like everyone is using stage makeup like yes. on the daily with the freaking setting powder and all this other crap and the highlighters and the high pigment everything and I'm just like man do you even know what your face looks like like do you even know what you look like I mean Yes, of course you do because you have to apply it to your face, you know, every day. But at the same time, you see yourself more often than not in this um, other state, you know, Uh, this other finished product. And then the filters on the phones and everything else. So I'm just like, how many people, like, aren't comfortable in their own skin, you know?
0: Yeah, that's a... Like, truly. I think um, think that is a very... uh, yeah that's a big statement because there are a lot of people out there with the um, the filtering and the dis um, disasso- I don't want to say disassociation but a lot of people don't recognize themselves in the mirror you know because everything is with your camera you can filter. Um, you can put a, a gloss on everything. You can edit your nose to death. You can, you can put on makeup to where you literally look like you're a different, you're of a different race. <laughs> yeah, but um, there we go.
1: And that's just that's the segue back to that lady. Yeah. Assuming when we were talking about like how you know a person handing themselves to death is not necessarily harmful to you. It's like yeah, that person might also have a bigger issues because if they're not comfortable with like the skin that. Like <laughs> they have, yeah. I think, uh, that's really you know. It's ultimately I don't want to I don't want to label it a form of self hatred because that's an excessive kind of hyperbolic. But the point is, there's an issue there when you take that much care and attention to conceal something that is covering that is part of you, a huge part of you, and of your uh, your background. You know yeah. what I mean? Your family, yeah. your your family origin, your race. It's just kind of like. It's one thing to want to accentuate your features and embrace your features It's another to, like, truly not be able to tolerate the sight of them um, such that
0: you have, like, a ritualistic tanning practice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So there's that, too. And so there's that, too. <laughs> there's that, too. And if you want to, you know, message me and I need to edit some stuff out, you just save a word. Like no I one will
1: know. How I should have a filter because I have such a diverse group of uh, colleagues and, like, professional folks and otherwise. But um, I'm very proud to say that for the most part, everyone in my life knows me to be the same person. Good. Um, very professional and professional situations, typically measured, but also weird and, uh, <laughs> and like I'm covering yeah. profanity when I shouldn't and all that. But again, not
0: in a professional setting. Myself, I totally okay. understand. Listen, I've uh, I did a live show yesterday and I totally said shitty like three times. It was pretty, 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 pretty great. <laughs> was, it pretty was it pretty shitty? It was shitty. <laughs> it was really shitty i said it. I was, uh, it was great um okay cool so you i you been asking me about boundaries about yeah i was time. i was no no yeah we have time i want to circle back to boundaries okay. um so y- you've been pretty good about setting that up and like not really um letting others opinions get to you while you're going through this self-transformation which i think is freaking awesome how has your um your history with boundaries informed this practice now like has there ever Um, been a time where you haven't been so great with boundaries that you want to share i think
1: i think boundaries is relative to what you're trying to protect right so it's, it's one thing to say have personal boundaries, and that's great and that's important, you know, but if you don't know what the – let me, let me see if I can phrase this differently. Having this goal, this bodybuilding goal, this show date already in the books, knowing what it entails to get there, the nutrition, the sleep hygiene, you know, all this other stuff. The, the training and finding the right windows of time for the training and finding my meal plan that works for me or like the, the signature items that work for me yeah. having figured all that out. Those are clear like, um, uh, posts in my boundary lines. Like, okay, my happy candy ass needs to be asleep by nine 30 in order to get up at five. Right. I know that 5am is my best time to train. And I also know that it sets me up for like, mental health success for the rest of the day because, like, I woke up, drank a fuck ton of water before anybody else has been up, you know? <laughs> right. it's sweating, You're getting it done. You know, like, and, like all this, is, I've already had my first bowel movement. Like, every it's just a beautiful thing yeah. if I do this at this time. You know, it's like, yo, life is good, and then the rest of the day and the chaos of the day can unfold. But I have six, I have hit this goal and it, it aligns with my long term goal. So anyway, five you know nine thirty PM I gotta be asleep. Five AM I gotta be up. Work comes and goes, um, and then my nutrition. So my point is because I have these like concrete things that I can't have people mess with, non negotiables, it it easier to enforce boundaries around those things.
0: I love it. I love that non negotiables.
1: Right, but it, but you need to have like those little posts that you know to be like absolute. Irrefutable truths. Otherwise, then then you just can't be as um, as disciplined. So, like to answer your question, have there been times in the past? Absolutely, because maybe it wasn't as as critically important that I go to bed at a at a certain time. Or it wasn't as critically important that I, you know, not eat certain items or whatever. So because of that, I would be all loosey goosey with the boundaries. I tell people like, "Hey, I have to. We have to wrap up by this time." But then we get caught up talking and whatever, and the next thing you know, it's eleven o'clock at night. But I'm like, "Oh, I'll just sleep in." <laughs> right,
0: right, 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 right.
1: That that has definitely happened. But um, but now because of everything just kind of weaving together. It's so much easier to say no, um, and I'm, but it, it's not been. I say easier. I
0: didn't say easy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Enforcing boundaries are never, never easy. But not it's it is. I want to say if not enforcing your boundaries and suffering the consequences and the unhappiness of that is like a level ten of uncomfortable and miserable. Enforcing your boundaries and dealing with the con the positive consequences of thats like is like a l is like a five. It's still uncomfortable. You know I would honestly
1: say that's pretty freaking accurate. Yeah. Yeah. A five on the on the Richter. Yeah. <laughs> a five out of ten on the Richter there. It's not a zero,
0: um, but it's it's a solid five. And you're just like, okay, cool. I think I think we can I think we can deal with a solid five. <laughs>
1: And the other thing about that too is to remember that when you are explaining, or rather trying to enforce your boundaries, nobody actually gives a shit what your rationale is for enforcing those boundaries. Remember, they're trying to push up against them,
0: right? So
1: it's like super. What has helped me, what I didn't used to do in the past, that I'm turning now, is I'm so much more concise about enforcing my boundaries. Like I'm not going to sit here and explain, "Hey, I can't." I can't stay up any later than this because I have to get home and go to sleep because if I don't, it'll fill my whole day off tomorrow. I don't bother explaining all that to anybody. Instead, I'll be like, hey, I have to go at nine or I have to go at eight or whatever it is. And I just like one sentence with a period and I'm out. Right. And then if someone starts talking around me, I'm like literally that walking backwards like I'm leaving now. You know, <laughs> like I gotta go. Yeah. Because nobody cares and you're wasting your energy and it escalates your heart rate because it's like conflict, you know? The more you tell somebody about your freaking life yeah. Um, so that's one piece of that and then the other thing because this is another statement I, I live for axioms like if you give me a sentence that like cuts through my soul I'm like all about it and I'll meditate on that for a while yeah um, sure Jocko Willink who's like a Navy SEAL he had said in some like interview a sentence that stood out to me that like, I chew on all the time, and I'm always like, "Yes." I was kind of like, um, turn on a lighter, it's <laughs> like, "Yeah."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your in your house,
1: <laughs> rock on. Yes, yeah. oh, two hit, two lighter, <laughs> <It's> just, like see <laughs> that this is a statement of absolute truth. Um, he said that discipline is rooted in truth.
0: Reading yes. in truth.
1: Yeah. And I keep thinking about that all the time because working in palliative care and seeing people with progressively getting sicker or seeing people rehabbing or needing to rehab or, you know, just seeing really tragic stuff. Or on the flip side of the more positive, um, seeing my own body transformation with specific um as related to specific things that I did, um, or specific changes, it, yeah, you know, like all of that makes it, 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 makes it to where I have certain things I know to be true and knowledge of these things allows me to behave a certain way. Kind of like how if you know, okay. maybe, maybe you have a loved one who was like, um, Really addicted to drugs or something, hard drugs. End quote. And um, you've lived through that, and you know that that this one drug under certain situations is like just so destructive. Then you're less likely to do that drug. Yeah. Because the discipline of staying away from that drug comes from the experience and the knowledge that you have of it. But if you don't know something to be true, if it's kind of gray, then you're probably gonna mess with. You're not going to have discipline Right, it, yeah. You know? And so when I think about what health and wellness is, I know that wellness comes from having boundaries. I know that health comes from, you know, a number of things. But the things that are actually within my control, that health is, um, you know, contributes to it, or that the things that are in You know not I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's like... Nutrition and movement and a practice of both of those things. Yeah. It's like the most simple way I can say that. So it can be a different practice for different people but the fact that you exceed your own expectations that you move in space with your body on a regular basis and if you eat properly like health comes from that. Right. a certain degree of health comes from that and even if you have other um, you know other issues like a congenital heart issue you know, something you have no control over your nutrition and movement in your life will contribute to the health that you're capable of having to your ability to recover faster from the surgeries from whatever other you know crises from the stress if you do not have those things, you will not have the same quality of health or wellness. I know this to be true from my own personal life. I know this to be true from the experiences of patients and other people in my life. It is such an absolute truth that it allows me to have the discipline that I have now, and I'm not even
0: sweating it because
1: it's just like, it's like, you know, like breathing. Like I know yeah. future, so I'm just
0: doing it. I love that. I freaking love that. Oh, okay. So I feel like that's a good place to to end this conversation and then segue into what is your highlight of the week? What did you do this week to be well? What was the best part of your week? Uh, that's
1: so funny because this was like a really bad week, but
0: <laughs> Look for the good. Look for the good. What's the highlight?
1: What was the highlight? Um, honestly, just like today, because I finally, the week ended, and I was able to kind of catch up on all these things, and I got to see my nephew. So, my nephew would definitely be um, the highlight of
0: my life. I mean, but, can <laughs> we talk for a second about Papito Chulito? Oh, I mean... Oh, Papi. <laughs> I mean, he is so precious, and you are... You are the aunt, okay? I I thought I was the aunt. You are the aunt. Like, oh. <laughs> it's so wonderful. He so called t-
1: me day best aunt ever.
0: Best out ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really sweet, and I know that he is going to appreciate how how um, present you are in his life when he gets older, and like from tia to tia you know and also not a mother to not a mother um the, your siblings may have other children um but there is something about your first nephew that it is like it's it was it's um pretty life-changing and like i saw my nephew literally come into the world um like, from the from the womb. I was in the room while my sister was in labor. And um, I love him so much. And I love watching your love for your nephew because it reminds me of when Elijah was a baby. And I'm crying right now because he is a grown-ass man. Um, he, oh, no. <laughs> he's in a, his... But, oh, yeah, Good for
1: him.
0: But, uh. a, oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, he is in his uh, first year. Second semester, and what? Yes, like, no, yeah, I don't need that kind of negativity. No, <laughs>
1: like college, nephew, college age, nephew, yes, like, no.
0: but like, honestly, girl, it goes like when they say it goes by so quick, it's like, shit, yo, I wish I, I love, I'm I'm almost envious of like the <clears throat> age difference between you and your nephew because you really get to be. Like, you know, you're an adult, you have a job, you you know, you've already figured out bills and shit like that. Like, yeah. my nephew and I are, my first, my uh, first nephew um, was, is 13 years younger than I am. So I... Oh, wow. Yeah, you were kind of, at some point, yeah, it's not the same, yeah. It's definitely not the same. So, like, I got to take, yeah. ca- you know, when he was a baby, you know, my sister was going through what she was going through, so there was a lot of, like, co-parenting, you know, living in the yeah. same house for a while and, you know, taking care but of him. a teenager, so that's, like, rough.
1: Like, that's right. a burden, arguably. I mean, like, I'm sure you loved him. Absolutely. a responsibility it's that you should have volunteer for. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's and it's different. I mean, it was to and into the point where – um, you know, as I'm getting into, you know, going into college and, you know, uh, early adulthood, and you know, with Andrew and setting up our lives, there was a big consideration yeah. of Elijah might have to live with us and 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 what that looks like and like I it was a it's a it was a struggle and not a oh let's just welcome him with open arms where like cut to today in 2020 as a vintage 25 year old um
1: oh i'm gonna <laughs> i can't deal with it i'm looking at pictures of my nephew right now and when you said 25
0: i like turned my head <laughs> like, right. yeah and no but like as as somebody who is myself you know we are we i like you know i call it vintage 25 um we are able to if we needed to we're we're in a different a completely different place financially than we were a decade ago and and so yep. uh, our situation our our capacity to take care of him is completely different whereas if he were born now it would be you know showered with gifts and thea all the time all these things oh for sure and it's it's just different now and now he's at the age where he's like a grown man and I want to be like you, you can't you can't cuddle a 20 year like you know an 18 year old he doesn't want you Watch me. Watch me. me. you know it's funny because he invited us over to his dorm a few weeks ago and Andrew and I dro- drove up there and um uh he had his friend with him, and it was like he was too cool for us, and I had found an old uh-huh. baby picture of him. And I was like, oh, look at this picture I found of you. And he started laughing at me because he's like, are you really the the aunt that is coming to my yes. dorm, showing me and my friend baby pictures yes. of my son? And I'm like, oh, my God, I am. Like, I'm doing it. <laughs> um,
1: you are absolutely right in that you share my joy about having him in my life and um in in pointing out that it is such a different thing to have him in my life at this stage like i can't imagine it any other way it's beautiful and I'm So grateful to have like the resources a giant bunny that he has yet to meet like like I
0: I do, so he's gonna things. lose his mind him and Bigley <laughs> won't know what to do with each other
1: I know And no one will believe him when he's like an adult Like when I was a kid I used to go to my office and play It was a giant rabbit
0: It was big in his nose. It was right off in the sunset Nobody will believe him when like I love the way that sounds <laughs> I love the way that sounds When I was young I used to go over to my aunt's house Giant bunny And they'll be like oh my god This guy is going crazy again well I love that that is your highlight of your life not just the highlight of the week so it's your highlight of your life that's beautiful Um, so let's shout out before we wrap up um, let's shout out a wellness warrior or someone that you feel has made an impact in your life or is making an impact in the community so this
1: Person, And this might not be fair, but it is what it is. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. So my sister.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> oh, because, I mean, I am constant. First of all, family, same family of origin, same roots, you know what I mean? Um, so to see somebody whom I know my whole life take on the challenge and the, the privilege of being a mother um, also being a social worker who's seen like the worst of the whole maternal thing, um, like the postpartum stuff, the child abuse stuff, the
0: yeah. you know, mismatched
1: priorities stuff, you know, like complete neglect, and like no, no regard for the weight of responsibility that is having a child and rearing one. So having seen all that, that exposed to all that, and then to see my sister kind of be this like larger than life mother to this little boy to just, and for her to be where she's at, like, financially and professionally, to be able to do this, like, to kind it, to have, like, a happy marriage, like, I just, I'm not used to seeing healthy relationships, you know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> I just, I'm not, <laughs> and, like, I'm sorry, it's like, everybody got some sort of toxic stuff going on, it would seem, I understand. But, um, yeah. to, be able to <laughs> To have this treasure, this little baby that I treasure, and to, like, sincerely know that he's in good hands, to not be worried about him, to see how she juggles, like, work and momming and all of that, and to see this... It, it's just pretty cool to see someone who was literally made for this. Like, well, even if she's tired, she glances at him and she just melts. And even if she... I don't know, she somehow finds the energy... To be present for him, to play with him, to care for him. And then, I don't know, but it's really blowing my mind. And especially since our mom's a man, I don't know where she's getting all this from. So, yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah, it, yeah.
1: It's just really continues to make my heart swell. And I, I definitely want to give her credit for that. And for anybody who's just like a mom, uh, that's uh, if uh, I'm just impressed with moms in general. But if you're a mom who is mindful of your health at all, and
0: the health of your child, you're way ahead of a lot of people, and um, and you're the real, what is it? OG, you're the real, <laughs> the real OGs. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, I, yeah, girl, I can totally attest to that. And again, I, it's it's a, what you have and what you're able to witness with your sister, that's a blessing. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. I love that. You get that. it. You totally get it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, girl. Yeah. Oh, I love you so much. Thank you so so much for chatting with me again, and and uh, once again opening up yourself to my my listeners and are, are always always entertaining and insightful conversations. <laughs> I always feel like I walk away, like, my heart is always swelling when I talk to you, either I'm like, I've just cried because it's like some wonderful realization, or like, just beautiful, beautiful things, I love it. I, I
1: really appreciate you saying that, because, you know, it's weird that I sit down, and like, share my thoughts or engage with someone or have like conversation like this. So it's definitely cathartic for me, but then to hear you kind of react well and us to kind of like sync, go back and forth, it's it's very energizing. So Good. <laughs> so thank you for, thank for you. thinking of me, encouraging me to come on again. Um yeah, and just for your feedback, your input, I mean like you get you get it. You get a lot of this.
0: Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I get I can it. Relate. well that's this week's show thanks for listening wellness warriors i'm asada jones i'll be back next week with another episode of what makes me well Until then, rate and review this podcast on whatever listening platform you're on. It really helps me get up in the charts and gets more eyes on the podcast. I really want to grow this community. So share this podcast with your friends and follow me on the social media channels, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at what makes me well, all one word. I look forward to connecting with you on social media. And if you are looking for advice, you can write me anonymously. My email is at whatmakesmewell at gmail.com. And I'll answer your questions, your comments, your concerns about life, about wellness on the show. Until next episode, be brave, be light, be well.